After several passing conversations about coming onto the show, I finally, finally get to welcome DJ Shockley to Bird Noises, presented by Bose and the Atlanta Falcons podcast about football and mostly everything else. Well, first off, the reason it's been kind of a uh, long time coming is because you've had some really, really extensive, just great guests, wow. and I really got pushed down the line. Let's let's wow. talk about that. That's what happened. Like you've had you've had rap superstars and you know all these different celebrities on the Bird Noises. So now comes little old shock. So now I'm starting to understand oh, wow. the pecking order. Well, just so, so that's you know, what's happening. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we've got some pretty big names coming up. So. Oh, see, 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 I must, it no. must have just been a down no, week or you, something. I don't you know, know I've been trying to yeah. get you on. You know, you know, that's fact. Anyway, <laughs> it's great to see you, my man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, good to, good to be you. on, Big. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. And talking about that, uh, we're going to talk about some of your UGA days, some North Clayton High School, um, your work as a sideline yeah. and studio analyst for SEC Network and some other things you're doing. Um, and then I want to get into uh, your Falcons days and some of the players and characters and coaches that you played with and under. And then we'll wrap it up with uh, yes. these current Falcons. And I want to get your, I want, want you to put uh, your cap on and give me some assessments there. But first, DJ, I got to ask you the all important question. You got to be brutally honest. That's the only stipulation here. Keep it all the way. Remember, above. we can beep Keep things out here. So if you know, I, the key is to be brutally, brutally honest. What do you think of the name Bird Noises? And you won't hurt anybody's feelings, Dan Gads. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I actually I like it, man. It, it's different. I mean, you try to think about a, a, a multiple ways to uh, have a play on the Falcons, and uh, there's so many different uh, birds out there, and then. You know, it's a podcast. I mean, bird noises and we're talking. We're having a good I mean, I like it. I mean, it's it's unique to me. You know, it's not something that uh, I look at and say, eh, nah, I don't really I ain't feeling that. I actually like bird noises, man. When, when, you, when you first told me about it, I was like, dang, that's All pretty right. cool, okay. man. Like that's that. good. Well, you know, some people yeah. hate it. Yeah, some people love it. Jesse Tuggle loves it. That's why people got opinions, man. They can we have love, the opinion, we love but opinion. Hey, that's what they say. It's like... <laughs> Everybody got one, well, right? Well, CeeLo wanted to call it, CeeLo from Goody Mob, he, he wanted to call it <laughs> And just so you know, every time that you, hey, you say the, the name Bird Noises, we get a screaming uh -huh. falcon sound effect. So, Really? So when I when I say Bird Noises, yeah. a couple of times throughout going to happen, then if I say, hey, I'm glad to be on Bird Noises podcast you with just, you. It's going to be cool. So yeah. I, I like the fact Bird Noises is happening all day. Falcons. Our, our producer, Mr. <laughs> Sam Larson, is the one who uh, takes care of that. So well, there you go. There you go. That was pretty that good. Uh, like we also keep tabs of gotcha. how many times you say it. We kind of keep track of that stuff, too. All right, cool. It's been fun. It's been, it's been fun so far. Being all right, Bird well, let's Noises. move on. Uh, for those who don't know who, or don't remember... Or don't follow the University of Georgia. It's totally understandable. I don't know. I, that's, that's crazy. I mean, who, who doesn't follow UGA? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, I've gotten no quite the education in the last since 2017. <laughs> I've uh, I've learned more uh, about UGA in the last four years. Um, that's what happens, yeah, man. Well, you in the state, baby. Peach state. And the state. I remember when I was at WVU. Uh, uh, 
certain game against UGA Sugar Bowl. You gonna bring that up? You bring it up right now? You gonna bring that up? Story about yourself. Okay, cool, cool. Um, (laughs) You were a highly touted and quite the prospect coming out of North Clayton High School in College Park. I didn't realize how how highly touted you were. Um, I was just kind of going through the list here. USA Today, All USA Team, Max Effingers, 125, Parade All-American, the AJC Super Southern 100, Top 50 in Georgia. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Big, I had them fooled, man. I don't know, man. I guess, you know, I had them fooled, man. They, it wasn't nobody else in that year. I don't know what, what happened. I mean, I might have been the only QB that actually did uh, something. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I you guess were pretty good, fooled. man. You were the number one athletic quarterback <laughs> went out, too. Um, it's funny how they kind of differentiate the quarterbacks, too. Um, you also played football, basketball, and track. I'm kind of looking up at my uh, cheat sheet here. But uh, what was yeah. your first love? Oh, yeah. Was it football? Truly, my, my first love, no, was baseball. I thought I would be playing in MLB, playing baseball. I actually got drafted by the Marlins like a – I was like a uh, like 15 – no, really? I mean, like 13 round or something like that in baseball. But it was during the time where I really loved football. But I loved baseball growing up. And what deterred me from playing baseball was this. At my high school, I was probably the best pitcher we had on our team. Huh. So I would pitch like literally every other day. So every other day when I'd be pitching, my arm would just be throbbing because it's hurting. I'm throwing all these different pitches. Come on, coach. You got to rest your balls and Come on. You got... We didn't have no other pitchers. We only wow. had like two other pitchers. And I was the other one. So I was pitching every other day. And I was like, dude, there's no way I can continue on this line if my arm's going to feel like this. So I say, once I go to college, wow. I'm just going to play football. But I love, love, absolutely love baseball. I did not, I did not know that. Well, you know, whoever's updating DJ Shockley's Wikipedia page, better put that in there. They need to get together. Were you uh Yeah, man. I, I you love like baseball. all state, all county, what were were you uh Yeah, 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 yeah. All the you above, said you were man. Drafted, I was right? you know, I was a pitcher, uh, yeah, I was a pitcher, shortstop. Uh got drafted, played shortstop, was like a I was like a two hole hitter. So, you know, I was a, a base hit kind of guy. And of course in high school had some little speed so I could run and get on base. So uh, I love baseball, man. Then yeah. I ran track in high school only okay. to make me faster. And my dad, listen to this big. Now, my dad would put me into track meets. And, you know, in every yeah. track meet, there's different heats. They have the fastest yeah. heat, the slowest heat. So I would be kind of in the middle. But my dad would put me in the fastest heat, and I would get just blowed out. And I'd be so angry. I'd be like, why <laughs> you put me in these heats? He's like, because – if you can see the guy's back, you're going to be trying to catch him. So if you're trying to I catch like him, you're going to get faster. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't like it at the time, coming in freaking sixth and seventh place. Your dad game, also so coached you cool. in football, correct? Yeah, he was my coach. Uh, that was interesting growing up. Uh, when I first got to high school, my mom wasn't a fan of it. She was like, you're going to be too hard on him. And he was. I mean, he he kind of went overboard on trying to show that there was no favoritism. So I would like throw a touchdown okay. and it would be great. He'd be like, yeah, but your feet weren't right. So uh, that wasn't good enough. Or, you know, so there were times it was really hard on me, uh, but ultimately it made me uh, into the player I was. He used to go to all these different camps all over the place and all that kind of stuff. So 
Uh, that's how I became like a student of the game. I watched film when I was in high school and got to college was pretty good. So uh, definitely student of the game in high school. So I'm guessing that you were recruited in multiple sports too, uh, just besides Georgia too. Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit. What other schools were you really looking hard to hard at? Sorry. Uh, besides UGA, because I know at one point too, I read somewhere. Um, I was doing my homework on you. I knew that uh, Ralph Friedgen at Maryland and uh, my guy Bobby yeah. Bowden, fine West Virginian at Florida State <laughs> at the time, yeah. uh, wanted you down yeah. there in Tallahassee. So, what was the recruiting yeah. process like for you? And where where were you? What other schools were you looking at? And were you really close to possibly going someplace else other than Georgia? I know it worked out for you, but. Yeah, and and to be honest, Mike, I wasn't going to Georgia. Oh. I was going to Florida State. I was – Coach Rick was at Florida State at the time, and I wanted to play for him. He was a guy that had Charlie yeah. – I mean, Charlie yeah. Ward. He had Chris Winkie. So he had two different styles of quarterback. And I was like, this dude knows how to coach quarterback. So okay. I wanted to play for him. Uh, I love North Carolina because yeah. the campus was just beautiful. They had really, really beautiful uh, facilities. So I love North Carolina. Uh, Florida State. So those are really the top three. Florida State, Georgia, mm-hmm. and North Carolina were my top three. Of course, you know, being recruited by everybody uh, around the country. My dad actually went to an HBCU. He went to Florida A&M. So he, he made me go to a visit to an HBCU just to, you know, see how it is and say, hey, you did do it, even though he knew I was going to go to uh, one of those major, you know, Pile 5 did you, schools. Did you not think um, – did you think but, at all about going to an HBCU at all? Or no? Was it uh, – and what ones? No. Okay. No, nah, I wasn't going. No, nah, I wasn't going. No, nah, at that time, I wanted to play yeah. major college football somewhere. And, uh, you know, I was going to go to one of those schools. So I was really close to going to Florida State until Coach Rick, you know, a couple maybe, – maybe like a month before signing, yeah. chose to go to Georgia. And the same day he was at Georgia – I mean, the same day he took the job at Georgia, he's in my living room. And I, I never remember this. It's a pretty funny story. When he's at Florida State – he was recruiting me. We went to their team gala. He says, you know, Sean, Florida State would be the, great, the, the best place for you. And you come here, you thrive, you, you do great. And I was like, all right, cool. I would love it. Yeah, let's do it. So then he leaves, goes to Georgia. The same day he takes the Georgia job, he's sitting in my living room. And he says, Sean, you know what? Georgia would be the best place for you. Everything would be great. You thrive. And I was like, Coach, you said the same thing about Florida State. So uh, I always love telling that story. It's a pretty funny story. And to this day, uh, we still get a kick out of it. So uh, recruiting was fun, man. Yeah. Been recruited by everybody in the country. I've heard some crazy recruiting um, stories. But, I know uh, being a grad assistant at Marshall when Billy Donovan was there, we, uh, we got Jason Williams, you know, white chocolate to come. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I've got friends at West Virginia that, you know, I got to know and, and, and roomed with, and they told me some crazy recruiting stories. Um, what's the craziest pitch or weirdest thing, or, you know, how they do these things where you walk in, they have the locker set up for you, or they put your name up in the stadium. Mm -hmm. What was the coolest or craziest or weirdest thing that happened to you during the process? So I'm not going to tell no, you what school not. this is, but this 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 particular school, when I got there, obviously it's laid out. You know, can you tell me what you conference get to it campus, was? You know, they got every everybody and their mother was there. Okay. Uh, yeah, school okay. SEC. It's a school SEC. So they have everything laid out for you. Everything's great. Um, you go to obviously you go to the locker room. They got all your the usual stuff in the locker, and then I go into the stadium. And first off, they got 
They got, you know, your highlights playing all That's over the, cool. the big board and your name all yeah. up in lights, all that kind of stuff. But the craziest thing was they had my name in like the painted? end zone. Like, you, like paint it. Like you have like yeah. the Atlanta Falcons in the end zone. Like they had Did you Shockley take a in the end zone. It was, oh. I didn't. I didn't. I was, I mean, yeah, I know. at you that time, you know, I'm just taking it all in, you know. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. It was crazy. I couldn't believe that they actually went that far with it. Um, but it was like towards the end of signing and, you know, they're trying to have the biggest pitch ever, you know. So uh, I thought I it was I follow you cool. on Instagram and Twitter and every place I can. I stalk you everywhere. But uh, I know no, knowing you're, you're you dude, right man. now, if you were to – if that if we were to do it all over again, you, dude, that'd oh, be all over your IG be all stories. Over no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I'm yeah. posting that everywhere. I mean, that's that don't happen that's too often, cool. man. I mean, I look at all the stuff they do now, man. They got they got like photo shoots for these kids I now. Uh, it, it's it's crazy the things they do uh, in college now to get these kids to kind of come. Did a coach ever come, come into your living room or uh, visit your high school and just and you're sitting there going, he said what? You don't have to say where, or who, or whatever. But have you ever had one of those moments? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you had the, the coaches come in that hit you with some of the in your windows, like, you know, whatever you need, man, we'll take <laughs> care of you, you know. Or, uh, you know, we got X, Y, and Z that'll make your, your time here really, really nice, you know. Uh, of course, you know, we'll take care yeah. of yeah. this, this, and that. And, you know, you focus on yeah. ball and school, you know, but you don't have to worry about having to do this and that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are a couple instances where you're yeah. like, Little whoa, flag there. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> but then, but then some people are like, yeah, sign What me else up. can sign you me give up. me? What else can I get? One of my buddies who so, went yeah. to West Virginia, uh, I won't name him or the school. Uh, it was a Big Ten school. Uh, <laughs> on his recruiting trip, he walked in and he stayed overnight. And when he opened the door, they had like roses all over the bedroom. And he Ooh. was like, What is going on? With a little whoa. note saying, You can take us to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> nice, the story nice, gets way more nice, interesting after yeah, that but i yeah. can't go there um yeah i mean does he have like you know uh have company have company at all i mean things like that i mean i don't know i'm just saying i don't know company coaches like you know in. coaches yeah. come in and say hey yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's what i mean by um, company, right? <laughs> gotcha gotcha so you majored in speech <laughs> communications at uga had you not played yeah. football what'd you want to do if football wasn't an option for you, what would you have done? So, you know what was crazy is I don't think people know this, but I love animals, man. I, I didn't know. I that. think some way or another I would have been I'd have been uh some in the animal field somewhere. My my wife uh she, she's always on me about how uh I like to just sit oh, there yeah. and watch the animal planet or uh you know, I love going yeah. to the zoo stuff. I mean, little weird stuff that you never think that uh I would be uh a fan of, but I love animals, man. I'm, I'm a big animal guy. So I think I would be something so you in love the animal like field doing something. Giant so. safaris and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, you're not absolutely. talking cats and dogs. Absolutely. You're talking and, like, yeah. I'm talking whatever, but like, I do love yeah, to I go see lions it's pretty and tigers cool. and bears it's, and giraffes. Yeah. You can always tell when they're sedated, which is probably a good thing um, when you go through. It's just massive, man. And then you watch them and you're like, you can see what these yeah. dudes can do, man. And they move so fast. I know. They always tell you not to open your window when the ostriches or the monkeys are coming by. But I'm I'm always kind of like, come on, come on. Put the window down a little bit. 
I know. I don't know. I don't know. I got to feed giraffes before, cool. man. It's pretty cool, you know, on a little safari. So yeah, that's cool. I'm that's all interesting. About that, man. All right. I can see you with like the the hat on, the safari hat. Yes, sir. Well, Maybe you know I that you're thriving right now. Uh, I think you're still with the are you still you're still with the SEC network? And you're doing stuff for AtlantaFalcons.com. Yes, Not Falcons.com. So mm-hmm. uh ACC sideline <laughs> analysts still too. That was well, before. no, that was see, that's what I, I did when I first got started. Yeah, I started with the ACC and uh did sideline first, okay, my, for one year, and then the last three years I've been with uh ESPN the SCC network nice. in the booth, yeah, baby. Calling games, you might want to update your LinkedIn page, by the way. Um, <laughs> and 92.9 the game, you also had done work with radio, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I love a little bit of both, man, radio. TV, yeah, you you're be versatile I, you know, just you know, everybody, everybody can't be yeah. just a great writer, you know. Well, you so know, just, just doing goes, this, you know? the podcast, and and I, I worked with you a little bit, doing a little uh, when I first do it, started the, doing the Falcons Audible uh, podcast. It's not easy. It's not, you know, I was a, I was a news yeah. ad journalism major. I was a writer. Um, did not go down broadcasting, and then I worked at CBS Sports, but I was behind. I was, I worked with the producers. I was behind the scenes. Um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've always had a ton of respect for TV talent. I worked with Pete Briscoe, yeah. Brady Quinn, um, and, the, you know, on and on and on. And uh, anybody I forgot, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And they put in a ton of work and a ton of practice. And, you know, some of these guys, they just, they, you know, they've gone from like 18 takes to, to two takes. And, and they just work and work and work at it. But, uh well, that's why, that's why, you know, you should feel special because I got yeah. a lot going on you throughout the week. And, and, and Beak <laughs> said, hey, can you come on the podcast? And I'm saying, absolutely, I come on bird noises. I'm all about that. So, yeah, man, pull aside, to time aside for my guy and so we can have a good time, man. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, you know what? It's, research, it's fun, yeah. though, because I, I love – I enjoy – the part of yeah. when the red light comes on, yeah. you have to be on. And that's the part of I still get butterflies like I did when I played. So it still gives me that nervous energy whenever I'm in front of TV, in front of people. So uh, it keeps me on my do toes. You, which I how like. much did you know going into it that you were going to have to put in the amount of time and hours like in preparation, studying and game film? Or did that come natural because you had played? Is that is that something that comes natural to you when well, you like I, break down, you know, offenses and defenses and tendencies and Well, I assumed you you had to do some type yeah. of prep for yeah. games and all that, but I didn't know yeah. everything that it entailed because I wasn't into it. And I don't think people understand like when the, when people see these guys or see people on TV on Saturday calling games, that starts on the previous Sunday. Like you're going through tape, you're going through notes, you're going yep. through tons of film. Um, and then you're you're trying to make sure you can pronounce oh, everybody's yeah, name the that. right way. I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that go into it. Um, but I think being a quarterback has helped me because yeah. I see the game a certain way and I can describe it a certain way. And over the years, that's just how I watch it. So it's not something that's uh something I had to learn. So it's 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 fun to do, man. Um, but like I said, it, it is a lot of work uh each and every week, but the payoff is on that Saturday or Sunday when you're calling games or 
you know, you get a chance to see stuff unfold and, you know, people watch the game and say, hey, man, we enjoyed hearing you call it and you have some great insights. So it what's makes it been all your what was what's been your favorite memory so far or your best call or your just favorite game that you've been uh, associated with working? You got one off the top of your head? Oh, man. Because I'm going to ask That's you the opposite. That's a good question, man. We've had <laughs> – we, uh, I had a bowl game, um, and I can't remember where it was, but somewhere where they had a red field. And I thought it was really cool uh, that they had this red field. They were actually really good. They threw it all over the place. And uh, we had one of our best games, I thought, because the game was close, came down to the end. But then there's also one game that I thought was pretty cool was I last year I had George. I mean, I had Alabama and I had uh, God, who was it might have been it was somebody who ran the triple option. And they had they had Alabama down at halftime and we're calling the game. Nobody really expected to be one of those type of games. Thought it'd be over in the first quarter. And at halftime, my phone is just going crazy. Like, dude, you got the game of the week. You got the game of the weekend. Everybody's watching now. Even like our head execs at ESPN were like, hey, keep it going. You're doing great. So uh, that's definitely pretty cool. And then the last one was this year. I got a chance to call my wow. first Georgia game in three years and hadn't had a chance to do it since I've been with ESPN. And uh, actually, it was a pretty good game. Georgia was struggling oh, yeah, earlier yeah. with Arkansas. So yeah. tons of people. Tons of people were locked in on it, and uh, it's always cool to have your, your alma mater. And I had people who uh, called me afterwards and said, hey, I couldn't tell if you went to Georgia or Arkansas or anywhere. So uh, it was a huge compliment that uh, I didn't have the, the Georgia homer in, in my Yeah, in my, there's nothing uh, worse for you know, <laughs> someone who's rooting for the other team. Go, oh, my gosh, this sounds like it's the, the Bulldogs uh, broadcasting station here. Good stuff. Yeah, what's yeah, what's your yeah, long term yeah. goal, man? You uh you want to just are you happy right where you're at, or do you want to do you see yourself doing some you know major network stuff or, or NFL stuff one day? No, man. You know what? I'm 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 never complacent. To be honest, I'm never uh, in a spot where I want to stay where I am. I want to continue to climb the ladder. I want to continue to one day possibly be calling national championship games or calling you know games in the college football playoffs or every weekend. You're calling a primetime game. That's where ultimately I would love to be because they yep. put the best there, obviously. So uh, that's where I would want to strive to be where every week I'm calling one of the games that mm -hmm. everybody wants to see. And then once the end of the year comes around, hey, this is a guy we want calling the biggest games of the year. So nice. that is the goal. Uh, I will continue to grind for that and uh, continue to Wow, to, then to we'll never get you on bird noises. We'll just – we'll get big time. <laughs> Big, I'm always here for bird noises, man. Believe that. I'm always here. Well, for listen. You. Speaking of the big time, you made the big time. You played. You were you were drafted by the Falcons, seventh round pick and two twenty third overall. Um, two thousand six NFL draft, and you know yeah, yeah. I don't remember 06 that well, but you were projected to go higher, and by some of these outlets, right? Yep. Well, how yeah, high no did doubt. you no doubt. did you hear yourself going at, by from different places? Uh, okay. I heard third, fourth round, um, and I think the main thing was this guy had a really, really great one oh, year. Okay. And I think for a lot of scouts, for a lot of teams, people mm -hmm. just wanted to see more. People wanted to see me do it for two years, three years, and then now you look around the National Football League. Now you yeah. see guys who come out in one year i.e., you know, 
I ain't going to say over in Chi-Town. Chi I mean, that's the biggest knock on people is, hey, yeah. this guy had yeah. one year in college and, and it hasn't panned out for him. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing that kind of held me back was this guy's got one year. He played really well in that one year, but we don't know if it's a fluke. We don't know if it's just, you know, he had good guys around him or what. So uh, to get drafted was pretty cool. Um, uh, I remember draft day, uh, getting a call uh, from the Falcons and sending them the voicemail. Um, <laughs> as you know, I'm from Atlanta, born and raised in Atlanta. I'm like, I just, man, why people keep calling me? They know they know the draft is coming on. Why they keep calling me? So oh, no. I sent them the voicemail. Second time, second time they called back. I was like, dang, this Can same number called me back. And I pick up the phone. I say hello. And it's Jim Moore. He says, hey, Shaq, you want to be an Atlanta Falcon? And I was like, yes, that is probably the, the coolest thing that you can hear is a coach on the other end saying, hey, you want to be a so-and-so and be a part Jim of our Moore organization. Jim Moore was known to, to kind of he, – he could get pretty excited pretty quick. Did, did he, he didn't make any yeah, comments yeah. about uh, going to voicemail or anything? Okay. <laughs> nah, nah, he, nah. Because I, I think I, I think they oh, okay. expect it. They, they, they've had it happen a few times. You know, I mean, sometimes guys don't answer. Maybe they don't have service. Whatever it may be, so they call again and again. Uh, but uh, well, you yeah, played uh, 2006. I'm kind of looking up my notes here. 2006, 2009. Uh, but it's kind of interesting the period you played. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about your. You know, it's four years, but I'm sitting there thinking about everything that happened with the Falcons while you were there. <laughs> it is crazy. I'm sitting there thinking about it. I didn't know where to start with you. Yeah. Um, but we'll start right there with yeah, Mora. You had four stuff. head coaches. Mora, 06. Bobby Petrino yep. and Emmett yep. Thomason, 07. And then Mike Smith in 08, 09. Yep. Yeah. And what's crazy is people say, yeah, you got these different head coaches. But as an offensive yeah. guy, as a QB – I had four different coordinators. Who are you? So that means that's four different offenses. So one guy who was Greg on the Knapp. Falcon squad Greg right Knapp. now, Greg Knapp, yeah. was the I offensive coordinator uh, that drafted me. So to this day, I give Coach Knapp a lot of credit. I mean, I, I always thank him when I see him because he was the one guy who was in my bandwagon uh, the whole time through the draft process and everything. That's what made me think the Falcons weren't going to draft me because Coach Knapp came to Georgia. He he did all these workouts with me. Like, yeah. he was on me hard. And I was like – and I was always told, whichever team shows you the most interest, really? no way they draft. So, I was like, no way. No way I stay at home. So, uh, it was it was cool. So, I, I had Coach – I had Knapp, yeah. and I had Coach Petrino uh, obviously come in there. And uh, so, I had West Coast offense my first year, which was crazy. Uh, West Coast offense was, you know, 15-word – plays all that kind of stuff so it was, it was um unique. we'll get into that in a second um but when you came when you when you came out well I, one thing i forgot to ask is were you, did you grow up a falcons fan i grew up a falcons fan okay. i wasn't a diehard okay. falcons fan though, who'd, you, who'd you root for i mean i who, lived who, here in atlanta some of the other teams am i gonna get you in trouble well you know now nah, growing up i mean obviously i, I had like atlanta a falcons. a 49 I know, I know, I know. I I I had uh some I had a 49ers and I had Cowboys stuff cuz I used to love their starter coats and I think oh, everybody yeah. had those kind of growing yeah. up. So uh love the Falcons man, but uh you know, I just I tell you the truth, I just yeah, I watched everything growing up. So 
like I said, I wasn't even really like a Georgia yeah. fan really growing up either. I just, you know, I yeah. watched them because I was in state, but you know, yeah, and we grew around a lot when I was a kid. And you know, we lived in Ann Arbor. It was first games I saw were up in you know the big house, and so you know you'd watch some Lions games, cool. and then you moved to New York, and you're going to Giants games and Jets games. So yeah, I just watched uh, yeah. a lot of different teams. Um, so I feel you there. All right, so going back to your Falcons days, you know, you, the, there's been a lot made obviously over what's going on with these current Falcons with a midseason coaching change with 11 games to go. You went through a midseason coaching change. You went from Jim Moore, but then the next year, <laughs> um, you know, you had Bobby Petrino and Emmett Thomas. I mean, do we do we really call it a coaching change or like a, a coaching <laughs> yeah. lead? I mean, that's kind of it- that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what bizarre. it was. To I had us, Michael Jenkins know? on here uh, twice, <laughs> and uh, he he had some choice words for it. Um, but uh, you also had a front seat too, and I want to ask you about this to Michael Vick's last year in a Falcons uniform and Matt Ryan's first year. Yeah, in a Falcon, it was like yeah. So you've yeah. you've seen a lot of you know as far as far as like a sliver of a really interesting, bizarre, historic section of falcons history you were there you yeah. had a see for it so yeah go ahead well, pr- no i was yeah. gonna ask you about petrino let's let's just talk about that mid-season change and just how bizarre was it um you know we've heard a lot of different stories as far as like what he said after the game and then the breaking news and uh you know he apparently made plans to go to Ar- arkansas how tell me you know from your perspective what that whole thing was like Unbelievable, man. I mean, the fact that you got grown men, obviously, already who are already uh, trying to find a way to buy into what you're telling. And they're giving everything you got. This is their livelihood. This is how they, you know, feed their family. So they're giving everything they got. Regardless of if you like how the coach treats you or not, this is your livelihood. So you give everything you got. I remember he's a, I think he was playing on a Monday night or something. We lose the ball game. He's in the locker room giving us this rah-rah speech after the game. We got to give everything you got. We got to stick together. We got to continue to fight. I'm sure you've heard it. And we're all like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get back to work. We're going to, you know, try to turn this thing yeah. around, finish strong. And I'll never forget the next Monday, I'm downtown with a couple teammates. One in particular yeah, is D'Angelo Hall. That. We get we get a text message soon as we see it. We're sitting in a little restaurant and we look up and all we see is him doing the pig suey. And soon as we see it, we our te- our phones go crazy. And it's the PR staff saying, "Don't talk to anybody. Don't say anything. Don't give any interviews." Within thirty seconds, I see D'Angelo Hall outside on the phone. And then I look up and I look up on the screen and it says. On the line, we have D'Angelo Hall, guy, though, right? And oh yeah, D'Angelo didn't. No, no, no. He he, he <laughs> wasn't about the rules then. So he is going in on Padrino on the line on the call. So uh, that was the weirdest thing ever. And then coming in the next morning and seeing the note in the describe uh, the note in the what, locker what room. It? I mean, was it, it was, a, was just, it uh, was it handwritten? Was it is it what was uh, it? I don't even remember. It was ripped up so fast that. Uh, I think everybody made sure nobody else saw it because we didn't want any more remnants of yeah. him in our building. So uh, it was it was it was something ridiculous and simple and not even worth it. Like it's like you know it, it, it's like you've been with 
uh, your girlfriend for five years and you send a text to break up with her. That's kind of like what it is. And you're like, wow. that's what I get after all this we put into it. You can send me a text. I so that's kind of what it I felt like. I can't think of another situation. It's probably happened somewhere, you know, high school, small college, maybe even major college. But I can't think of any situation that was even remotely close to that with a coach leaving. I know there's been yeah. some nasty breakups, but that's just bizarre. Yeah. It's unreal, man. I had never seen. But he didn't say goodbye uh, to somebody. In, that's that's the and, thing. No, no. And this profession, and this profession, just outright quit on you. And that's what happened. You quit on the next man. And as guys in that yeah. locker room in this sport, quitting is just something that is not yeah. said. It's not done. And anybody who does it is looked at as disrespectful to be honest and so he was real disrespectful to everybody yep. in that organization and the, and the sad part about it was we had Arthur Blake come in and he said you know what I talked to this guy the night before the Monday night game because I knew all the speculation was coming up he had to go into the booth that night and talk to mm. that crew who was calling the game because he knew they was going to ask him he said be honest with me if you're leaving, just let me know because I don't want to go on national TV and say, hey, you're our guy and we're all in on you. And the next day or next week, something happens and I look stupid. So when Arthur came in and told us he lied to him too, we knew this was a guy who just didn't have respect for anybody, oh, especially not us. That's just not good. Yeah, Michael yeah. Jenkins said that uh, Mr. Blank got him to come back to at least talk to the coaches in person. So that must have been a little awkward. I'm I'm sure they didn't care either because you gave up on them too. Like it's ridiculous. Like I don't think we would we wouldn't want to hear from him. So awkward. To each his own, man. Bizarre. And I think I think I think since that day, since that day, a lot of people in this organization uh, kind of uh, turned their back to yeah, that guy. Whatever he did, get a chance to coach again in the NFL after that. Probably not. Probably not. He is he's a he's a college made coach because he was he treated us as guys who have been in the yeah. league for 10, 15 years, uh grown men like kids. Like you're telling a guy who has three kids at home that he can't talk during a pregame meal. That's dudes want yeah. going for that. So uh that's just one of many things that happened uh in in, in that locker room that uh guys weren't uh really All right, I'm gonna ask you uh here and at the end to put on your analyst cap real quick you can give me like a cliff notes summary here but you, you as i mentioned you got to watch michael vicks last year and then there was the bizarre year after that the off season with Peta at the gates and all that stuff but oh, yeah yes, and uh if you had to sum up michael vick his career his career here just him as an athlete how would you do that in a few sentences? Uh, I would say a, I would say a guy who changed the culture and a guy who changed the mindset of the yeah. city of Atlanta, yeah. to be honest. Like I guarantee you to this day, even though with the other teams he played for, whenever you say yep. Michael Vick's name first, you sure think of that Falcon on his helmet. And I think I think that's probably bigger than anything that he has done or anything that he has 
you know, did while he's with the team or now that people relate Michael Vick to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that go with that, but I remember my first ever meeting of Michael Vick was when I walked into the Falcons facility, the first person I saw was Michael Vick. He was coming out of the training room. He comes around the corner. I come around the corner, and he daffed me up. He's talking to me. He knows my name. And I after that, I was like, Michael Vick know who I am. And I mean, I mean, as a guy, you know, I'm just coming from college. I just did some good things. But at the end of the day, this is a dude that everybody yeah. in the world knows. Like, he wasn't just the face of the Falcons. He was the face of the yes. freaking National Football League. And the first person you meet is that guy. And he's talking to you. And he's, you know, he wants to hang out with you. You're in the same meeting rooms with him. You call the same plays. Like, for a guy like me, I was like, this is the ultimate. You were legitimately starting, it watch. sounds like. Oh, I was. I mean, come on. I mean, I remember I remember dudes on our team would come up to him wanting to sign stuff. And, you know, he was – there's – people look at people in the National Football League as superstars. But then there's also some guys who are just a little bit above where everybody else is. Like, everybody knows Tom Brady. You look at Tom Brady and say – He's not just your average player no. in the National Football yeah. League. That's how Mike was. So uh, to be on the sideline with him, to see some of the stuff that he talked about in-game, the stuff that he wanted to do. I remember there was a, a play in the game one time. We were in uh, Philly or something. Things weren't going good. He was hating what the offensive coordinator was calling. He said he came to the sideline. He was hot. He looked over. He said, next time, I'm just going to take off. So we go on the field. He go back on the field. The first play, he just takes off for 60 yards. And I'm like, this dude can do this whenever he wants versus the best in the whole entire world. That tells you how good this dude is. And it was just a matter of whenever he wanted to, he can get it done. So it was it was crazy yeah, being well, alongside him. I'm sure you know this. I went to West Virginia, and we played West or Virginia Tech every year. And that dude <laughs> broke my heart yeah, every he time a couple we times. faced him. He was just – you'd sit there and watch and go, oh, you can't stop him. In college, he was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was dumb, man. It was it was crazy to be a part of uh watching him. Have you uh, ever do do? seen another teammate come in and command that kind of like, you know, guys asking for autographs? Is is that does that happen a lot? Does that happen today? And you mentioned Tom Brady, but that doesn't happen a lot, does it? Or does it? Yeah, I I think the next closest guy was when Tony okay. Gonzalez came to Atlanta. I think Tony Gonzalez was the next closest thing to Mike because yeah. everybody knew that you're looking at a guy who is absolutely going to wear yeah. he, he changed jacket. the position. So yeah, yeah to, so to so to watch him every single day, to be in a locker room with him, you kind of looked at him like, dang, this dude is already there. Like it don't matter what he do here. Like you understood yeah. greatness when you saw it. So Tony Gonzalez was a guy you looked at and was like, he had, cra- he had a crazy work ethic. I'm glad right? I know this guy. Oh man. I mean, that's where Tony, I got all Tony my work, G? to be honest. He wanted some yes, because when absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Whenever he wasn't on the field, he was like chocolate throw. Let's catch. And of course the ones are out there. I'm not with the ones, you know, this is, you know, Matt's here. So, you know, I'm the backup and you know, Whenever Matt's in the game and he's not in the game, he wants to catch. And it was it was crazy how many guys fed off of it. I mean, you see it now with Julio. You see Calvin. You see when Roddy was there. I mean, Jake did it. I mean, 
he kind of set the standard for whenever you're not doing anything, you need to be catching balls, tucking it away, turning it up, and, you know, go. So whenever you see guys on the sideline throwing and catching and tucking and throwing away, it's a direct result of Tony Gonzalez because he did it every single day. I mean, walkthroughs, it didn't matter. He did it every single day, and that's why the great he has a gold jacket. Are great for a reason. Wow. Yeah. Um, no doubt. As far as your time, too, you know, what was it like when Matt got here? You know, he's he's obviously the face of the franchise now, but he's, he's going to go down as – the franchise's all-time best quarterback, and he—I think he owns just about Everything. every single yeah. record right now. Um, what was that yeah. like when he came in? Um, was it kind of like did he have yeah. to earn it, or you know, I know I know what happened his first pass, sixty-two comet sink to Jank. Yeah. Um, Look at you calling out to play backside skinny post. So yeah, I mean, I what see, was that yeah. like? It was cool, man. I, I tell you, Matt was a different kind of guy coming in because he was – you just knew he was more mature yeah. um, as a rookie coming in. And I remember him coming in and just keeping his head down, asking tons of questions. Like, I had been there for two years by now and obviously knew a little bit about how the league goes and how you prepare, how you work. And he has questions every day. He was early. He was late. He worked hard in the weight room. And that's why I tell people all the time, like people look at Matt and say, oh, he's, he's such a skinny guy. Does he ever lift weights? I said, trust me, this dude gets after it in the locker room. I mean, in the weight room. And people just couldn't believe it. I was like, he's one of the most hardworking dudes I have really? ever played with. He studies his, studies his butt off. And even to this day, we still have conversations um, about what happens every single week. And he doesn't take any week for granted. He doesn't take any team for granted, which is pretty cool. Um, and the fact that he wants everybody around him to play at a high level. And I think be, you've been around him just as much as I have now. Uh, mm -hmm. You understand his work ethic. You understand that mm -hmm. he wants to be great. And you can see the competitor in this dude every single game. Like, he is still giving you everything he got. And it doesn't matter if he's making $100 million or he's making $1. This dude's going to give everything he's got. And that's what you got to love. And that's why he's been around for 13 years and playing at a high level. And like you mentioned, mm -hmm. going to have all those records because this guy prepares every single week and doesn't take a week off uh, to, to well, prepare and be the best. Yeah, I've been around him, but not quite like you. You have seen him in practice. You've seen him in huddles. You've seen maybe not on, in the same huddle, but you know what he's like on the sideline, in the meeting rooms what he's like yeah. in the huddle, what he says, what he expects from guys, how he gets on guys. And he doesn't care who yeah. you are. Uh, that's well documented. It's been caught on yeah. TV with, with the mics. Yeah. What is, you know, <laughs> when you talk about that, some of the fans sometimes get on him a little bit, but then you, you, you hear just on Thursday night, he, there was a live mic and he got on somebody. Uh, yeah. Talk about Matt Ryan a little bit more, the competitor as far as, you know, is he like that a lot more than we see? Yeah. Dude don't want to lose at night. I'm going to be honest. Dude don't want to lose at night. We would have competitions every single day, whether it was practice, meetings, uh, who can answer the most questions in our meeting rooms. Like, there was competition yep. in everything we did. And the one thing that people have to realize about Matt is he is very cognizant of, obviously, those mics are out there. He's cognizant of what he says because he still wants to be a role model for kids. He still, he's got yeah. two young boys himself. 
But then that competitive edge, when I tell you is in him, when I tell you the dude can get angry, the dude can lay into you if you're not doing what is right. Like, you know, I've seen him literally come into a huddle and literally address all 11 guys within a play and tell them, this is what you X, Y, and Z have to do. This is what we need to do. This is what we're going to do. Make sure you're here. Do that. I mean, he is the most competitive guy. And I think the one thing that people may not see and don't understand is he is the most detail-oriented guy mm. that I've been around. When I say detail, I mean the nuances of every single thing from when I hand it off, I got to make sure I hold the backside in with my play fake. I got to make sure if I hand it off with my left hand, my right hand is on my hip so the backside in can't see if it's run or pass. Yeah. Like those are those are type of things that you may lose when you're watching the game or stat line, the small things that matter. Um, and he's such a detail-oriented guy and making sure that everybody's on the same page, separate, especially his wide outs and being inspired. Yeah, it's interesting. Team. And before we kind of move on from Matt there uh, – you know, I had him on a podcast with Dirk Cutter and Mike Malarkey, and they were talking about that first play. And Malarkey was talking about his very first huddle, uh, what he told Roddy uh, on his on, in, on his first play, but uh, in practice. But you know, the one the one uh, time he was caught on TV that everyone talks about, I think it was a Monday night in Tampa Bay when he said, "Get get no, off he said, off field. He said yeah, get yeah, yeah. f and set." Remember that one? Uh, oh and yeah, yeah, it yeah, looked yeah, yeah, like yeah. he was yelling at yeah, Mohammed yeah. Sanu, and Matt came on and said, "No, I was telling Julio to get Ethan set," and I was like, "We were yeah. all like, oh, okay, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah, yeah." Uh, well, well, I, I think when you have another yeah. superstar like Julio, he has garnered the respect of a Julio to be able to talk to him, yeah. kind of in that fashion because he understands where he's coming from. He's not coming at him to degrade him or degrade him or whatever it may be he wants something to happen the right way and if you're not doing it to that level or that standard he gonna let you know and you mentioned it he'll say it to anybody and that's that's what your leader has to do your leader cannot be afraid Absolutely. to get on somebody's yeah. ass when they need to and matt will do it and that's a perfect perfect example of him getting on julio saying yeah I know you're one of the best receivers in the game, but on this particular play, yeah. you need to get your yeah. ass set. And that and speaks volumes to the, to the rookies, <laughs> second-year players, whatever. If, they, if Matt's going to sit there and tell Julio to get up and set, then, hey, I better, I better have my uh, you-know-what together. Um, all right, yeah. so before I ask you about these 2020 Falcons, I just want to, uh, you know, there's, I know we're kind of rolling on time here, but so many names that you've played with. And so what I want to do is I, I had like 20 names and I narrowed, I could only narrow it down to 12. So, <laughs> because there's just so many characters here. So what I want to do is I just want to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to say their name. If you can just give me a word and we'll just go through these pretty quick. As quick, as soon as you give it to me, we'll move on. Just tell me the first word that comes to mind when I, when I named this player, one of your former teammates. Okay. You can say you can say a word or you can say a phrase, and then as soon as you say it, we'll we'll move on. It's kind of rapid fire here, okay? All right. Be brutally honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael Vick, Matt Ryan, Electric. Uh, the best work done. 
most laid back guy you ever meet. <laughs> Michael Turner. Oh man. First thing I think about is 260 pounds. Roddy White. <laughs> Always Tony last. Gonzalez. Ultimate D'Angelo pro. Hall. <laughs> Angry at times. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Keith Brooking. Freaking yellow jacket. <laughs> Lawyer Malloy. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Jonathan Bender. Uh, John Abraham. Coolest dude, you know. Last one, Matt Bryant. <laughs> uh, ice. Really, he's, he's a real ice. ice man, huh? All right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's called it. Um, all right, so we've talked about you know you've gone through a lot of coaching changes and and you've been through a midseason coaching change and uh, this team with uh, five games in on October 11th made a change from Dan Quinn and TD Thomas Dimitrov after that Carolina game and Raheem Morris was named interim coach with 11 games to go, which is a lot of games. Um, you know, you were, when you were here, Emmett Thomas had three games. So Raheem now is two and one and Mm -hmm. they're two and six now at the midway point. They could, you know, I don't want to get into, they could be three and oh, or they should be five and three or whatever, you know, because of the Cowboys bears and, uh, the lions game. I won't get into any of that, but Give me a quick assessment of where this team is right now and what you're looking at. You know, what do you make of them heading into the second half considering they play the Bucks twice, Saints twice. They got some AFC West teams, the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos, Broncos this weekend. And then they also got the Chiefs. So how, what, are, what are realistic expectations too? Um, and how do you think it will play out? First of all, I say – what you said is kind of uh, – it's realistic um, as far as where they were, just the Cowboys and Bears. Like, this is a team that's been in every single ball game. Uh, Seattle, you know, they played you pretty tough. It was tough to win that one. But every other ball game, you were either winning or you had a chance to win the ball game. So this is a team even, that even is Green Bay? literally – Well, you know, Green Bay, that first half, Green Bay, remember they had the goal line stand and – Right, right. I mean, I'm saying yeah. like there are opportunities in a ball game where, you know, obviously yeah. you can say that in any game, but uh, I think you're literally six, seven plays away from being at the top and being one of those teams that mm-hmm. everybody is still talking about. Now, mm-hmm. on the other hand, you've only played the Carolina Panthers and you split those games. And you mentioned you still got the you got Tampa and you got the Saints. Now, there's going to be tough games, no doubt. But you've always played those games really good. You've always – last year, one of the main reasons why Coach Coyne stayed around is because, hey, you went into New Orleans with a team who, you know, going to the playoffs and – And San you Francisco. Beat like, this is about – and San Francisco, two playoff teams that, you know, everybody looked at the Falcons as a team that just gave up. But this is a team that continued to fight. So, there's still a lot of good football left. You could still Expanded easily win this division. Format. Now – 
Now it's it's tough, like we mentioned, because of you know the way both teams mm-hmm. are playing in your division, who you still have left. But this is a football team that has the weapons on offense. Defense looks like the last couple of games, you're not giving up those big explosive plays. Dudes are not just running wide open. Uh, there haven't been all those crazy busts like you saw in the first few ball games. This is a ball club that I believe if they continue to execute, and that's what they weren't doing in the first few games, execute at a higher level and each guy do their job. And I say that because mm-hmm. when you turn on the film, you got so many dudes who are trying to do other stuff or trying to be better for somebody else instead of just what do you, doing give me an example of that. job. And uh, now, like, give me, give me an example of somebody that's. So let's just say in a secondary, let's say in a secondary, if you know one guy hasn't been playing okay. up to par and if you're a safety and you know, Hey, this guy's got a mm-hmm. really good receiver over here and I'm close to being in the middle of the field, but I'm gonna give a little bit more help to this side of the field to mm-hmm. help my other counterpart but I'm yeah. supposed to be in the middle of the field. Now, if I go over here and help him and supposed. I give up another play on the other side where I should be, then, hey, I'm trying to do too much. I'm trying to compensate for somebody else. Those yeah. are little examples that you can see throughout a ball game that each guy just does their own job and says, hey, I trust you to do yours, then you'd be good to go. So I still think there's tons of football left. I mean, like you mentioned, there's two and one. I'm sure Raheem went into uh, this you know, part of the season and said, hey, we got to – Everybody know, break it down into quarters. And, hey, they're two and one yeah. in this quarter already. You can't continue to play well. I know you got some tough games down the stretch, but, hey, you played well in a lot of football games. If you can continue down that trend, you got a chance to uh, make people say, oh, who is this new team that's playing here towards the You know, I watched the, the, the Chargers play um, both the Bucks and the Saints. I watched the Bucks and the Giants last night. John should have won. My I point, mean, yeah, on. where I'm going with this is, is that, you know, yes, they're having good seasons, the Saints and the Bucks, but they're beatable. They're beatable. You right. believe that, right? And, right. And, I mean, it's, no it sounds cliche, but really, oh, absolutely. all teams are beatable. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the mistakes that Daniel Jones mm-hmm. made in that game when they had the lead and they had Tampa down and they were holding Tampa to field goals early in the ball game. And you were up 14 to three. If you keep the pedal down, guess what? You got yeah. a chance to win this ball game. You got a chance to put this team away. I mean, the Saints, you know, last week had a, you know, it took them to overtime to to, to go get a win. And, you know, they could have lost that ball game. So both these Chicago, teams are not invincible. Chicago game. I yeah. mean, yeah. 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 I mean, you, you got some, you got some really good quarterbacks, but you also got some teams that are flailing as well. So yeah, Atlanta played Chicago guys, really well and, you know, just kind of sputtered it at the end. But uh, I'm with you. So let me ask you this before we wrap this up, DJ. I'm just really glad to get you on here. Um, give me give me any bold predictions for the second half, final eight games. Oh, man. That's – I'm going to say uh, a bold prediction is I'm going to say the Falcons are going to beat the Chiefs. Wow. That's what okay. I'm going to say. Yeah. I like in the Arrowhead. Falcons to beat the Chiefs uh, in Arrowhead on the road. I mean, Falcons play really well on the road. We struggled at home, but we played really well <laughs> at times on the road to us. So, I mean, hey, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, we'll see, man. But I like, I, I like the Falcons' chances, man. You know, there's been a way – there's been a way – that people have slowed down Patrick Mahomes and that offense. There have been games where he's thrown for under 200 yards. So 
there's a chance you slow them down if you know you do all the right things. Of course, that's a big, big if. But I'm gonna say they go into Arrowhead and get a win versus Kansas City, and you know, division games. We know how that can go. So ain't no ain't no prediction made in there. We we know you can be owing whatever and win, win like one it, of those man. games. So we'll see. And I like that you came on today. I appreciate you having me, man. It's been fun being on Bird Noises, man. I know. Uh, You've had some stellar guests so far, so I appreciate you even wanting me to be a part of no, this. No, we cool got, I got to get, man. there's a lot more stories uh, you have, I can tell. And so we got to get you back on, but uh, maybe we can do towards the end of the season if that's cool with you. It'd be great. Always cool with me, man. I appreciate All right. You well, it was great seeing show. you. And uh, thanks for coming on, Chuck. Yeah. Appreciate you, Bate. Bird noises. Woo.